All right. So glad to see everyone here this morning. Let me just pull up my notes real quick. You know, uh, it's kind of a funny thing because uh, I was born in Texas, actually, and I've always liked the warmer weather. And for some reason, when I was looking to do a CMIT, I'm like, oh, maybe I can go to Texas and do it or something. But then God just put it on my heart to stay in Michigan for some reason. <laughs> I'm not really a fan of the cold, but you know what? I'm really glad to be, to be here, and I'm really glad I'm under Pastor Nino's leadership, I think. Uh, I just really like working here, and it's an enjoyable time. So, so yeah, to kind of introduce myself, uh, you know, my name's Caleb. And like he had, Pastor Nino was saying, I'm an intern working here at the church. And I also go by Sugar Cane, so... <laughs> Uh, unfortunately, that's a nickname I accidentally gave to myself. Uh, that's a story for another time, though. But <laughs> so, so yeah, I actually, I'm from Texas. As you can see, I'm wearing a San Antonio Spurs shirt. Uh, ooh, ah, yeah, okay. <laughs> and then I'm going to college in Oklahoma, actually. So, I graduated with my bachelor's of science in computer engineering in 2018. So I'm actually, oh yeah, woo. <laughs> so, so I'm actually 25, uh, and people tell me I look younger, but I'm 25, yep. So I'm, the reason I moved to Michigan is because after I graduated, I got a job at an army base, working as a civilian, uh, at the army base down in Warren, Michigan, near Detroit. Uh, I worked there for a couple years. I worked in the vehicle electronics architecture department, so I was working on like developing some technologies and stuff for some of the army vehicles. Uh, and I, I got paid a pretty good amount of money. But, <laughs> but you know, my heart was always, you know, ministering to people and uh, working with the church. So after a couple of years, I decided to quit and support raise and work for H2O Campus Church. And that's kind of how I ended up here. So that's a little bit of my story. And... Uh, yeah, so today I kind of wanted to get into God's Word, because I think God's put a message on my heart to share with everyone here. So I wanted to share a message from the book of James today. So if you have your Bibles, go ahead and turn to James chapter 3, and it's James chapter 3, starting at verse 1. And I'm going to go ahead and say a word of prayer to start us off real, real quick. <clears throat> Dear God, I pray that this would be a good time of us coming together and reading your word. I pray that our hearts will be open to hear the message you have for us and that we would learn something new from you today. In Jesus' name, amen. <clears throat> All right, I'm going to go ahead and read these verses. I put them up on the slide if you want to follow along that way too. So, James chapter 3, Taming the Tongue. Now, many of you should become teachers, my fellow believers, because you know that we who teach will be judged more strictly. We all stumble in many ways. Anyone who is never at fault in what they say is perfect, able to keep their whole body in check. When we put bits into the mouths of horses to make them obey us, we can turn the whole animal, or take ships as an example. Although they are so large and are driven by strong winds, they are steered by a very small rudder wherever the pilot wants to go. Likewise, the tongue is a small part of the body, but it makes great boasts. 
Consider what a great forest is set on fire by a small spark. The tongue also is a fire, a world of evil among the parts of the body. It corrupts the whole body, sets the whole course of one's life on fire, and is itself set on fire by hell. All kinds of animals, birds, reptiles, and sea creatures are being tamed and have been tamed by mankind. But no human being can tame the tongue. It is a restless evil full of deadly poison. With the tongue, we praise our Lord and Father, and with it, we curse human beings who have been made in God's likeness. Out of the same mouth come praise and cursing. My brothers and sisters, this should not be. Can both fresh water and salt water flow from the same spring? My brothers and sisters, can a fig tree bear olives or a grapevine bear figs? Neither can a salt spring produce fresh water. <clears throat> so you can go ahead and switch to the next slide if you want. Say what? <laughs> so this is the title of my message. Uh, and I just kind of want to open with a few questions. <laughs> now, how many of you have ever heard someone say something about you that made you kind of upset or made you turn your head a little? Excuse me? Say what? Well, that was pretty harsh. What did she say about me? <laughs> mm -mm. <laughs> now, in the past, have you ever judged someone for what they said? Have you laughed at someone because they said something that was wrong or you didn't agree with? How about the way you speak to other people? Do you constantly talk down on people and criticize them? Or do you more often lift people up and encourage them? <clears throat> well, that's what I wanted to share today. To delve, yeah, sorry about that. <laughs> to delve further into the Holy Scriptures and to see how the Bible says we should treat one another through our words and speech. So now looking back at the passage we just read, the first verse talks about and not many people should become teachers. Why is James writing this? It's because he knows how difficult it is to keep your mouth and words under control. He's saying that if you're able to control your tongue perfectly, that you'll have control over all areas of your life. <clears throat> so, uh, so up here we have a slide of a picture of my mom. Aww. Aww. <laughs> yeah. So that's my mom. I call her mommy, but but you can call her Lisa. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> so she's a wonderful woman and mother to me. So I have three brothers, and she raised me and all three of my brothers when we were growing up. And she always cared for us and loved us very deeply. Now, growing up, I never really heard my mother say any nasty things to me, or anyone else for that matter. And whenever I did something wrong, you know, like something stupid, you know, as a kid. <laughs> you know, it was always like a gentle rebuke followed by some kind of appropriate punishment. You know, it was like, you know, it was discipline, but it wasn't like nasty. And uh, yeah, and that's, you know, I always looked up to my mother. Uh, well, I did after I got to be an adult and kind of matured a bit, but <laughs> anyway. <laughs> so yeah, so when all those boys got a little older, so I have one younger brother, his name's Levi. So when Levi was about 11 or 12, uh, my mom went back to school, to college, to get her degree in education. So yeah, any education majors in the house? <gasps> Woo, yeah, okay. <laughs> so she got her degree, she got uh, her master's in education and went 
back to school as a teacher and taught special education for kindergarten through third grade when we were living in Oklahoma at the time. So she was doing that for five years and it was a real nice elementary school. I went there a few times to help her ship some boxes around or help her move stuff in, just some events they did, whatever. And when I went there, I would always notice like the other teachers and staff members at the school would be like, um, they would always say like positive things about her, you know? Like, I only ever heard them say like good things and compliment her and be like, oh, we love that you're here, you're so nice and you're such a great teacher. And like, you know, being a teacher uh, can be hard, like you get judged a lot and uh, especially by students, but. <laughs> so I just wanted to put my mom up there because like, what a great example to me uh, of someone who uses their words wisely and is fit for like the role of an instructor, so. <clears throat> yeah. All right, so moving on, I wanted to kind of talk about horses for a little bit. Now, since I'm from the South, <laughs> and I'm a Texan, uh, yeah, there you go, there you go, baby. I want to talk about some horses. So if you've ever seen a Western film, you've probably seen some cowboys ride these horses before. Yeah, that's right, the black and white films. All right. So these ones are usually called American Quarter Horses. Now the Amer average American Quarter Horse actually weighs usually between like 950 and 1200 pounds. So let's just say it's 1000 pounds, okay. And, and they're strong enough to pull three times their weight, like on a carriage or something, carry over 300 pounds on their backs, bite with a force of over 500 pounds per square inch, and kick hard enough to like kill a human, I mean. I've heard that happening a couple of times and that's crazy. So you might even say they're, they're so strong, they could even put a beat down on like Chuck Norris. I know. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> so on this, on this next slide we got here. <laughs> yeah, so James here was talking uh, about bits and horses mouths. So I'm not sure how much you guys know about that. So I wanted to talk about it. And this right here, it's one of the more uh, common bits that people use, it's called a snapple bit. So you can see that copper kind of part in the middle. Uh, that's what, that's the part that would rest on top of the horse's tongue. And the way it works is, as you're applying pressure to the reins, by like pulling them, it creates some pressure or maybe a little slight pain on the top of the horse's tongue and on the roof of the mouth as well. And since horses naturally run away from like, you know, fear or pain, it encourages the horse to either turn or stop depending on how you control it. Um, yeah. So I think the point the scripture is kind of making here is that you can control this, this huge animal, it's half a ton, you can control it with a simple bit put in their mouth that puts some slight pressure on their tongue. Um, even though it's such a small part of the body. And, you know, it's also the same way with like a rudder on a ship. You know, most the average cruise ship is, is around a thousand feet long, you know? And they're controlled by a relatively small ship's wheel. Like it's very small compared to a thousand feet. And did you know that most wildfires are caused by like human carelessness, such as like arson or campfire. Okay, well, arson <laughs> and campfires and like just 
discarding lit cigarettes and maybe not burning debris properly, playing with matches or fireworks. Like, like even if you consider arson, like lighting someone's house on fire, you know, like that's very small compared to like something as big as a forest fire, you know? And I don't think anyone really intends to burn down the forest, but it just happens because, you know, they're careless and they, they do stupid, stupid stuff, you know? <laughs> so, yeah, in this passage, James is saying in a, in a figurative but forceful way that the tongue is the cause of so many sins and the source of all the, the tongue's evil is actually from the devil. So words are a power, powerful thing that can direct the course of one's life if controlled or cause some kind of disaster if used carelessly. <clears throat> All right, so on this next slide, uh, I wanted to kind of reread this. And you can see I put like a little picture of a guy standing on the moon here. And I'll explain that real quick. <laughs> so all kinds of animals, birds, reptiles, and sea creatures are being tamed and have been tamed by mankind, but no human being can tame the tongue. It is a restless evil full of deadly poison. So uh, to kind of explain this, I wanted to explain something that maybe we would call in today's times like uh, the man on the moon argument. So this is kind of how we ask questions about certain human limitations. For example, I could ask, you know, if we could put man on the moon, then why can't we even cure like the common cold? You know, it's kind of that mentality of thinking. <clears throat> now I know that common cold is constantly mutating year by year, so it's kind of impossible for doctors to like develop a surefire vaccine that will always work. But I hope you see the connection I'm trying to make in this example here. Because taming animals, birds, reptiles, and sea creatures, and putting man on the moon are like these outward things that we can make steps towards to achieve. Like there's a goal in sight and we can take these steps to achieve that goal. But trying to tame the tongue seems impossible because there are always things in this world being introduced to us that we have to figure out how to battle. What things are you currently battling in your walk of speaking purely and positively in order to build people up. <clears throat> All right, so I'm gonna go, you can go ahead and switch to the next slide here. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> Give me a second here, I gotta take a drink. <clears throat> All right, so this picture, I wanted to use this picture to share a story about to explain about how powerful like words of encouragement have been in my personal life. So this is actually one of my favorite pictures of all time, I think. I don't know what it was. Like, I just made it really, like I posed perfectly and I'm like holding everything. It's just nice, I don't know. <laughs> so I was actually, this was eight years ago, I was 17 years old and uh, that lady sitting next, standing next to me, her, her name is Miss Cherry Smith. So cherry, like the fruit, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. So she is a wonderful woman who cared deeply about me and cared deeply about investing in youngsters and raising them up in God's word. She had a large amount of scripture memorized herself that she often quoted to other people to encourage others. So she was actually my teen Bible quiz instructor, or TBQ for short. So to kind of explain what that is, um, it's a program for like teenagers within the Assemblies of God Church where you memorize this, a large portion of scripture, and then you go to competitions or meets 
to quiz against other teams over the material you have learned, basically. Uh, <clears throat> so to kind of give you some backstory, when this was right after I moved to Oklahoma, uh, well, not this picture, but right after I moved to Oklahoma, uh, I met Miss Cherry, and she was holding this interest meeting for TBQ, right? So this is back in July of 2013. So, and I was extremely intimidated about the amount of workload it was gonna take in order to succeed. I discovered that if I wanted to compete and potentially qualify for like regionals and national level, I would need to memorize all the material, all the, the entire scripture portion for that year, which this year it included the, the books of First and Second Thessalonians and First and Second Timothy and Titus and first, second, and third John, or 510 verses in total. <laughs> so you can maybe see why I was a little bit intimidated by this. <laughs> uh, yeah. <clears throat> so even though I didn't know Miss Cherry very well at this point, she looks at me and says, you know, I believe you can do it. You know, you're a bright young man. And those words gave me some encouragement. They gave me the encouragement I needed to go home and immediately start studying and memorizing First Thessalonians chapter one. That's ten verses. So uh, I spent I spent sort of like two, maybe three hours that day trying to memorize scripture, and it was hard. I kept forgetting the verses. I kept forgetting it, and then when I went to practice the next day, I failed. I failed to memorize all ten verses, and I even, you know, you even forgot like like the first few, the ones I'd studied a lot. And I was just kind of feeling down on myself. And to cheer me up, Miss Cherry told me, she said, oh, don't worry at all. You just started out, you know. You're, you're doing great for a beginner. I know you'll get it. Just keep working at it. You, you're going to do great. And, uh, you know, the more Miss Cherry was pouring into me, the more I began to believe the words she was saying. Week by week, every practice we had, she would spark that joy and encouragement in my heart with the words she said to me. You're doing great, Caleb. I can tell you've been studying. She would often use me as an example to encourage the other members of my team to study. What an honor. Even though memorizing 510 verses seems impossible on the surface level, you were someone who fully believed in me and was giving me the encouragement I needed and was speaking to me through that. <clears throat> so to give you some more context on this picture, uh, this picture was actually taken at the last meet of the Southern Oklahoma district where I actually got an award for being the top quizzer with the most points. <laughs> so I ended up memorizing all 510 verses over the span of eight months. And I got what's called a master memorization award. <clears throat> you don't even know what that means yet. <laughs> So this award means I quoted word for word all 510 verses with less than 10 mistakes in, in 45 minutes. <laughs> and so yeah, not, not too bad for my first year of quizzing. <laughs> but I went, oh yeah, and we, you know, we ended up going to nationals and we ended up getting 18th out of 40 teams which is pretty cool, you know. It was a lot of fun, it was in Fort Lauderdale. Went to the beach, it's pretty cool. Anyway, <laughs> yeah, anyway. Uh, 
But yeah, uh, I just wanted to say like, this is an incredible work, but by no means was I able to do this on my own. Like, like I had to have God's help in order to do this. This, this is not possible for just me. <laughs> like, it's it's too much. Like, <laughs> and I'm also gonna say, don't ask me to quote random verses from these books because I've forgotten a lot of it <laughs> by now. So, <laughs> I do remember, and I remember you know some that I've kept in my heart, but you know. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> so even more incredible than what I accomplished here, I think even more incredible than that is how Miss Cherry was just constantly pouring into me throughout the year and during these practices. It was her constant encouragement and words of affirmation that always sparked my soul into believing in myself more. She is one of the main reasons I fell in love with the Bible and God's word so much and why I care about the scripture so deeply. And that's shaped me into the person I am today. <clears throat> so, yeah, you can go ahead and shut off that slide. <laughs> We've seen that enough. <laughs> so I just wanted to say, you know, I hope, I hope you guys know that I'm nobody special. Like, I'm simply someone who believe in who God has called me to be. I'm a child loved by him. See what great, see what great love the Father has lavished on us that we should be called children of God, and that is what we are. First John 3, 1. Wouldn't it be amazing if you knew exactly who God, who God called you to be and your brother to be? You could continuously speak words of life and encouragement into each other to help correct people and to staying along God's path and to staying along the path God has chosen for them. Let your friend know they're doing a great job on the worship band or doing an awesome job in school that they're working hard. Say thank you to the people who are working in the sound booth and the slides. Encourage people, even when they mess up, that everything's going to be all right. If someone always isn't in the Bible or listening to God's voice all the time, don't simply condemn them. Try and show love to them. Let them see Christ through you. The more we encourage one another, the more we can see the goodness of God in our everyday lives. It's so easy, especially nowadays, to just text someone a word of encouragement. If someone pops into your head randomly and you think good things about them, don't let that go to waste. It would take less than a minute to bring out your phone, text someone some encouraging words, and you never know. It could drastically change their day. And even if it doesn't, like, what do you lose? Like, you know, they, they read a nice word. It took them 10 seconds. Like, oh, that's nice. Like, that's, <laughs> there's no downside to that. <laughs> this is what J.P. Dorsey was talking about during a uh, fall retreat if you missed it, so, yeah. <laughs> Some true words right there. <clears throat> and, you know, if nobody comes to your mind during the day, it'd be simple and easy to ask the Holy Spirit, how can I be an encouragement to someone today? Ask him to reveal someone to you and think about how you can give them some encouragement. The, God, the body of Christ is meant for building each other up because a lot of times it's hard to do things on your own. <clears throat> do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful, helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. Ephesians 4.29. <clears throat> so in closing, I just wanted to say about how much words of encouragement have meant to me and set me along the path to living in the fullness of God. And I fully believe that everyone here is capable of doing amazing things
for God's glory? Are you going to be the person who encourages and strengthens others to live in the fullness of God? Or will you be the one to stand to the side and let the lies of the enemy destroy them? All right, I'm going to say closing prayer and then hand it back off to Pastor Nino. <clears throat> Dear God, I want to thank you for putting this message on my heart and being able to share it with everyone here. I thank you for the way you've used encouragement to guide me along my path. And I thank you for the same for everyone else here who's had, you know, mothers and siblings and friends lift them up to bring them exactly where they're at in their relationship with you. I ask that this message would resonate with our hearts, that we would spend more time in your scriptures to learn more about how much you love us so that we could speak that love to others. Uh, we love you and we thank you. And in Jesus' name, amen. amen. amen.